Hello, friends. Welcome to that time again. My name is Jeff Stuckey. I'm in the shotgun position. Greg Allen, driving this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm not on uh, Percocet this morning. So oh, okay, yeah. so drug free. We have a different shaman or different Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Did it? It, it was good. It oh, was cool. good. Yeah, there were there were some areas where it's like. I think he would have bet a little harder yeah. <laughs> had it not been a, a Percocet-induced podcast. Man, that stuff's got a diminishing return. I yeah. yeah. Like, whoa. But here's a good thing today. Yeah. So I'm not going to be put on the spot with the small talk. Oh. Which is, uh, I know, no, don't do it. Don't even ask. <laughs> no, no, no. I just put on the spot. That felt very, like... That's what you, you have. Like. You have felt put on the spot. With you the, do that on purpose. Have we come to expect too much from you with small talk with Greg? Uh, yeah, man. I All mean, right. I, I think I peaked out. Okay. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, so, so today, this concludes our segment. No, we, we can revisit. <clears throat> it. We'll revisit. But okay. today, I'm excited to hear about your small talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we pass each other on the street, and you go, "Hey, Greg." I went to uh, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan show. Yeah. In Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um. Took my son. We were looking for, he, this past year, graduated from high school. He's now a freshman in college. And so we were looking for kind of like a guy thing, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I said, uh, hey, let's go, uh, let's go do some of the Appalachia Trail. Like, mm. let's just kind of, you know, and he's <laughs> like, dude, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, come on, man. And he's like, well, you know, so I'm like, okay, I don't want it to be, you know, like that fine line. So anyway, what, by some serendipity, uh, ended up getting tickets to, uh, Chappelle and Rogan, which I like, woohoo. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like, and, and my son, Evan, he's big time, oh, uh, into them as well. And, uh, so anyway, we went down to Nashville we, um, and it was, it, it was interesting given, so this was actually rescheduled because the first show was postponed because Rogan was diagnosed with COVID oh. and then he treated it with the, you know, the alternative interventions, um, and, it just the the controversy that was around that and a lot of false reporting and those kinds of things, which just took on this whole other level. Mm. Um, well, then in the meantime, right, then Chappelle comes out yeah. and uh, he releases a new Netflix special. Um, and as per, as per usual, uh, he has at best a tenuous relationship with the transgender community. Um, and that kind of got inflamed. And so there was an attempt to cancel him. And so it just, <clears throat> it, it was interesting because suddenly this thing that we thought was just, you know, we're just going to a comedy show mm -hmm. all of a sudden starts, has these undertones yeah. of two of the biggest issues in our society today, which are, you know, COVID, vaccination, all the, everything that's associated with that, but then also cancel culture and, mm -hmm. you know, freedom of speech and all of these kinds of things. So it just, so it, it was just kind of an intense experience yeah. of very, it, 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 it felt like it had 
way more at stake than just comedians telling jokes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, that was cool. Um, it, it was a, it was, it was powerful. One of the things that Rogan said, um, and they had unlimited bourbon, so you can imagine. <laughs> Um, but it, it, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not going to say this exactly right. I'm, I'm saying it in a way that, that misrepresents how he said it, but it, it was, it was an interesting, it, the, 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 the statement was a factual statement, but it was like, essentially I am mainstream media and it, and he used it to set up a joke, which was hysterically funny, but there was like, more people listen to Joe Rogan than I, I think this is, I think these are the, that then other, all other news medias combined. Oh, wow. And that was kind of the basis of yeah, his joke. Like, yeah. what the fuck people are you like, <laughs> yeah. what are you like? But it was like, holy shit. And then, you know, the, the reach of Chappelle and, you know, yeah. his comedy has always just push the limits mm -hmm. to where the cringe comedic value is like hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> and uh I, there was just a there was just there was something about being there and just all of those different aspects and maybe this is just like some megalomania on my part but it was like you know there's some bigger things at stake here than just a comedy show oh yeah and, you know, things with constitutional implications, free speech, you know, just my body, my choice, all kinds of different kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is fucking cool to be sitting here at this time with my son and, and then the conversations that we had oh, yeah. uh, after that were just it was fucking rich man it yeah. was a, it was a we got way more out of that experience than i had uh anticipated yeah that's great yeah <clears throat> how's that yeah that was good that was good like okay said, small talk yeah it's good okay. interesting kept me listening the whole time cool because there's a lot of shit i wanted to deep dive on that as you might imagine i, I was afraid you might and i'm glad you did <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i tried to i tried to play by the rules of the game yeah yeah cool Okay, well, our listeners will be happy about today's topic. It really hits home for everybody. This, this, you can't get out of this issue here. So I'm hoping you can introduce it well and, and get us rolling. And I'll ask questions to make sure that everybody gets everything they need from it. Yeah, um, likelihood of that happening is slim, as we know, but here we go. Okay. So y you hear me talk about this a lot, and the reason that I talk about it a lot is because it's the basis of, if you can figure this out, then you can have a, a meaningful uh, and fulfilling life experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the term that I, I throw around all the time is cognitive dissonance. And it, it, that's at the basis of this topic. Cognitive dissonance is this idea that I have two ideas in my mind that I cannot reconcile. It becomes so uncomfortable for me that I have to abandon one of them. And, and they're opposing ideas? That, See me, I personally can't find a okay. reconciliation between the two. Okay. So, so it, it, it largely, they, they, it's, 
it's been described as the opposable mind. So the more that a person can hold two seemingly conflicting ideas, and I think that I think the topic that we're talking about will illustrate this and and probably make it more clear rather than trying to explain it conceptually. So mm. in our society, there are these two profoundly contradictory ideas. And the one is that, Greg, you're perfect just the way you are. Right. Yeah. So we we hear that all yeah. the time about yeah. how perfect we are and how wonderful. But then the other thing is right. So on one hand, we're and again, the word is perfect. We're perfect just the way that we are. But then we have to have like our best life ever. Be your best version of you. <clears throat> on the surface, it doesn't sound that much of a contradiction, right? It's like, oh, I'm perfect just the way that I am. But then there's this like best version of me that I'm supposed to be pursuing, mm. right? And so so that is this illustrates this idea of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Both of those things can't be true, right? right I'm yeah. either perfect the way that I am or there's this best version of me that I really want, need to, should be pursuing. Mm -hmm. The problem is that, so now I've, I've got these two ideas in my head. I'm perfect just the way that I am, and I'm going to be the best version of me which creates, that in and of, in and of itself creates the, the conflict. Mm -hmm. Now, mostly subconscious. Most people would be like, well, there's no conflict here. There's a fucking <laughs> conflict there, yeah. and it's titanic. Yeah. Because if I'm perfect the way that I am, everything in my life should be going perfectly. Mm -hmm. I should be perfectly satisfied with, I should be, I, I should be shitting perfection. <laughs> okay. On the one hand. Yeah. I personally do not shit perfection. I don't know about you. I'm lucky to bump into it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. usually in a drunken stupor <laughs> or I need to be fully vested in creating this best version of myself. Yeah. Right. So, so strong contradiction that creates the cognitive dissonance, the mm -hmm. tension in my mind. And that's, what's always there. So now I'm like, Oh, should I, am I perfect? Am I, so anything that I pursue provides no sense of peace, provides no sense oh, yeah. of meaning because the cognitive dissonance, the conflict in thinking keeps me in a state of distress. Yeah. Does that oh, give me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can see where it would even be tough to move off of, to move out of your seat if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm good like I am. I'm perfect like I am. But then you make a goal or something to go do and set action steps. It's like, why am I going to get up and do that? I'm fine like I am. you know. And I've seen people like that, even that are not fine. <laughs> well, even by their own standards. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a fight to get up and do it or certainly to to finish it with right. the follow through. Right. As soon as it gets tough, you, go, you know, I was fine like I was. And, and herein lies the problem right, is that neither one of those are true. 
Okay. If you're, if you're walking around in this diluted state that you're perfect, just the way that you are, (laughs) you're just wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's also this kind of abstract thing out there, right? Mm -hmm. This best version of me that I'm some, that I'm ultimately going to like someday arrive at. Like if mm-hmm. I, if I read a book or if I go to a lecture or if I answer these five questions or if I like all of the sudden there's just this kind of epiphany that, you know, voila, pixie dust falls out of the sky yeah. and transforms me into my best version of me. Mm-hmm. So, so neither one of those are true. So then we'll kind of get stuck duck between the two positions. Am I perfect the way that I am? Do I need to create the best version? Am I perfect the way that I am? If I'm perfect the way I am, why am I not the best version? So it just, it, it creates just all of this tension within us. And what seems like child abuse, right? Is that we do this shit to our kids, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, we talk about, how great they are and like you're so wonderful and you're perfect just the way that you are and all whatever version of that right mm-hmm. we may not say those exact words but we heap this level of praise on them to where they're like shit <laughs> that's a lot of pressure yeah. right yeah. and then but then if they if they get a b or if they get a don't make the travel squad or whatever, you know, and it, it's like, you know, have you thought, I mean, our kindergartner brings home a behavioral grade and it's like, <laughs> have you thought about how this is going to affect your college entrance exams? Yeah, right. Like colleges are going to be paying it. Like, holy shit. What? Like we, <laughs> we put all of this pressure on them to be perfect and perform perfect. And yet we're also telling them that they're already perfect. And yeah. it's like, I think I'll just go play video games for 19 hours. That's why people check out. Right? Or I think I'll go, or if I'm a young girl, I think I'll go try to be perfect on social media. I think I'll use filters and shit to try to create some version of me Mm -hmm. that's perfect enough that people will accept me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's this, it seems like this innocuous kind of a, contradiction Mm -hmm. but when you start to pull at it it has these profound implications and the truth is neither one of them are true you ain't you ain't perfect man yeah you probably got some good shit i mean you're not doing everything wrong you've got some strengths and you're you're probably working some things out and you got some shit that you need to work on Mm -hmm. and I, there's i don't know what the fucking best version that's a guy that's a unicorn man i don't know <laughs> yeah like what does that well, even mean what's the measuring stick yeah and the, i mean there's two concepts there about the best version it's like first off what could it even be how could you conceptualize that right? type of thing and second how could you achieve anything along that level let's say you did come up with an idea that this is a good version or the best version. Like, how would you make a plan to get there? You know, right. That, that's killer that, as well. That's, and that, you know, that, let me, well, you give me ranting <laughs> Okay. Now, right? Yeah. So that's what, I mean, it, this sounds ridiculous, but it, it, like in the self-help industry, it's almost like we say you can be a unicorn. Uh-huh. uh-huh. 
I can be a unicorn? I want to be a unicorn. I like unicorns. How can I be a unicorn? <laughs> but it's like, what What are we even talking about mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of, of this pursuit? Mm-hmm. And when we can start to find some meaning in our life is when we can kind of resolve this cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. I ain't perfect. I ain't even close to perfect. Like mm-hmm. there's not whatever, like I, you know, there's some shit in me that the universe put in me that's going to be useful. And I probably got some jacked up stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Now, when I can accept those two things mm-hmm. that, I mean, I ain't all bad, but I ain't all good either. Yeah. And I can accept both of those, but there's no room in there. You know, the the things that we indoctrinate socially, there's no room in there for us, for just reality, mm-hmm. for the acceptance that, okay, you've, you've got some strengths and you have some parts of your life that you need to clean up and being okay with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's when we can find, that's when we can start to find some fulfillment in our immediate circumstances, like right here, right. right now. Right, right. And then we can start to build on whatever that success is, whatever that momentum is that we're creating in a meaningful sort of way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that trickle, that really does trickle down to, to, to parenting. Like stop putting so much fucking pressure on your kid, man. The probability of them being a professional athlete is statistically, you might as well think zero. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And there's nothing that you as an, a parent that a, can, mm-hmm. it, it's in your kid or it ain't. Yeah. Right. You know, like you have some of these, you have some of these guys who come across, come overseas and like, they don't play, they don't play football until high school and like their senior year, they like crush people and <laughs> yeah. then they like play one year of college football and then they're like yeah. millionaires in the playing, but you know, it's just in them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, sorry, that the whole sports thing and like every kid being that whole thing. I'll step away from it, but maybe that could be a uh, a whole episode. But we've got to stop in. We got to stop creating this tension for our kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what what went well, mm-hmm. and what didn't work, and what do you want to do differently with what didn't work? Mm-hmm. And engaging in that. Pro- oh, I did that really well. That was good. I'm glad. Oh yeah. You know, we, we've, you and I have talked about this before in the past when my child brings me, um, you know, a picture, the last thing I want to do is say, Oh, good job. That's the best picture ever. Or that's shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you even trying to draw, but really getting them engaged in the process of what do you think of your picture? So Mm -hmm. it's just that over and over and over again. But we as adults have to start doing that, Mm -hmm. right? We have to look at the own picture of our life that fucking house is pretty shitty like woof that's <laughs> i did a nice tree though man i got trees down yeah, like yeah. i'm nailing trees yeah, yeah. but i need to go practice drawing houses better mm-hmm. 
But what we end up doing is we say, hmm, houses suck. I'm good at trees. I'm just going to draw trees the oh, rest of my life. Right, right. And then we just stay in that place that causes us to feel like we're perfect, like we're whatever it is, when in reality, we're not in reality. Yeah. There's a couple of issues you brought up that I want to explore. Uh, but one of them is like, even if you are at, at some level, you know, decent, you know, you're not perfect, right? <laughs> but you feel good about it. Uh, there, there's life that's still going to deal things that, that you have to, you have to handle. And no matter how good you are at various things, and even maybe even have a handle on getting better at things, there's still junk that's going to show up in your life. So it doesn't mean that everything around you is going to be perfect or anywhere near it just because you've perfected a few things. Well, and that's that's what's critical about that, right, is when you're honest about it, right, when you're honest about you don't have these inflated ideas about yourself, you have a realistic understanding that here are some things that I'm good at, and here are some things that I need to grow in. I need to work harder. How, however, you have a much stronger basis in reality. And it, you know, my favorite quote: "Reality is like a fine wine; it has a taste that does not appeal to children." Right? When I've been able to acknowledge this about myself, resolve the cognitive dissonance good stuff, shit I need to work on, because it's not comfortable, right? It's easier just to say, well, but I'm perfect just the way that I am or whatever that sort of thing is. I already have a palate, if you will, for discomfort. Yes, yes. So then when reality feeds me some, which it's Mm. prone to doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because mostly the universe doesn't give a fuck. It's like, sorry, you wanted this to go the way you wanted it to go. I already have a palate for that. Okay. But if I'm perfect, right, and I and I, some version of what you're describing happens to me, mm-hmm. what that really tends to do then to lead to victim thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I'm perfect and everything's supposed to go just the way that it's supposed to go. And it's just not fair. That's just not fair that that happened. And so then we can kind of get lost in that kind of victim mentality where we feel like life's not fair. And and then we never really deal with the realities of life. Yeah. So you're really doing your children a disservice by not letting them feel some of that junk of life, you know, or, or making them feel like they're perfect and they can handle it all. Because they're just good at it. It's like, no, here's some stuff that's going to come along. And it, you have to let them handle it at an early age. And to say disservice is the mildest word that I think you can use. Okay. The fact that parents can't even have boundaries with their kids on how much time they spend mm. either gaming or, you know, their devices, those kinds of things. But then at the, you know, it's also, it's two-sided because then at the same time, it's like, it's like, and then why do we think that they go spend so much time there? Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's so much pressure over here. Yeah. Wait, I'm perfect. I'm wonderful. I'm greatest thing ever. And yet I'm grounded because I got a B or I'm what I, you know, getting yelled at because my room's not clean or whatever those kinds of things are. And then it's like, then parent, child, both check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
parent yeah. goes and looks on Facebook and child goes and plays video games or, you know, Instagrams or whatever. Yeah. And I found I've been doing that with my granddaughter with because she draws or sings or dances all the time. She's always doing that. She's so creative. I, I want to help channel it, but I don't want to let her, I don't want to stifle any of the creativity. So a couple of times a day, she's bringing me a drawing that she did and showing me. And so the, I seem like the best I'm doing for her is just interacting with her about it. The fact that she knows I care, like it doesn't matter what it looks like, even though it, you know, there's things good and some things bad, but I let her tell me about it. But the idea, she knows I care and she's got somebody she can go say, Hey, look at this picture, you know? Um, so that, and I, and let me tell you what I think about my picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's it. I get a longer answer, <laughs> you know, which is great. Oh yeah. You know? It's inconvenient, right? It's yeah. just like, good. You want to just say good job. Okay. Just let's go. Cause uh, yeah. 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 But the beauty of being a grandparent is I don't have other things that I have to attend to. So like, as long as you want to talk about that picture, I'm, I'm here for it, you know, and that's been great. But there was something else I want to ask you about. So it sounded like when you're trying to uh, reconcile or merge together that two notions, not, not of perfection and, and ideal self, but somewhere in between, like good and, and better. If you have a, a solid foundation in who you are, your identity, and then what your purpose is, could, it seems like that would help those two merge or you at least go between them easily. I think the first step is acknowledging that things can be wrong uh -huh. and they're both wrong. Okay. It's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not perfect. And if there's a best version of me, I don't know what the hell we're talking about. Right. It doesn't exist. And if it did, I wouldn't know it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've got to, I've got to reject both of those. And then it, I don't, the whole idea of purpose I'll let you speak to that because I think that's more, you're more a purpose. Mine is more of a self-efficacy, and which is more of a clinical reference, but self-efficacy is the acceptance and belief that the only thing that I can control is myself and that the world is going to shove shit at me, largely that I have no control over, and I trust and I believe in my ability to manage the shit that the world shoves at me. Mm -hmm. And and then rinse and repeat. Yeah. Now, as you engage in that process, oh shit, this is really fucking hard, but I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna, you know, realize that this is an area of weakness or whatever. I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna push back. I think you it I think it's more effective to think of it in terms of being in shape or not being in shape versus you're the best version of you. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like if I want to be if I want to be physically fit, there is no shortcut to physical fitness. Right, right. Right. I mean I can go see a trainer, but the trainer can't fucking do it. <laughs> right. I gotta do the work. I yeah. gotta put forth the effort. I have to assert myself. It's that on the emotional psychological side. Yeah. If I want to be psychologically fit, if I want to be emotionally fit, if I want to find meaning and contentment in this life, I've got to do the fucking work. Mm -hmm. And the first step in that is accepting that I ain't perfect. I'm not worthless, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. Now I've got to dig in and be honest with myself about both sides of that. 
And then I've got to put forth the effort where life is pushing yeah, against yeah. me. I have got to start pushing back. Mm -hmm. And that's when we can, once we have that, that sense of self-efficacy, then I think we can start to explore purpose. What am I here for? What's my meaning? Those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Those are still big fucking questions, man, that stress <laughs> me the fuck out. I still kind of like wake up each morning yeah. and I'm just kind of like, you know, it, the, the Buddhist saying like new beginning, new beginning, yeah. new beginning. It's like, help me face whatever the fuck comes down the pike today. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of more how I roll, but I, yeah. I, Speak to the... Yeah. Well, I like the idea. One of the things you said is, I have enough to, to handle this today. So that kind of goes towards the idea of, not, not that I'm perfect, but that I am enough. So that would be a great thing to, to approach the junk that comes at you. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it, but I am enough to handle it. So yeah, that's good. If we could get into into that that mode, that'd be great. As far as my uh, ID, my ID... And purpose, it's like as long as I know that it's not dependent on someone else or even that my performance doesn't dictate my identity, but just at the core, you know, that I'm loved, I'm secure, I'm uh, all these things that would allow me to, to step forward knowing that, I mean, I am enough <laughs> in that sense. Uh, and then the idea of having a purpose, like you're right, mind is uh, more of a spiritual bent. And I know that there's ways you can take shots at this, but that may not be the point of this podcast. It is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if I know that I have a purpose, and at the at the highest level, it's just to glorify God and to enjoy Him. So it's like, okay, well, what does that look like? And I have a lot of rules that we'll call them, that, that you would call them in Scripture, that would guide me. But just in a general sense, I know what's what's right and wrong and good and bad. And so that can that can push me. And uh, I don't know if this is common, but you know I have a passion for encouraging and helping other people. So when I'm in the junk of life and I'm wondering about what's the best version of myself and what I need to do, that's always pulling me in that direction, and that can get me through whatever junk is ahead of me. You know, I it, there I, it, where this really kind of crystallized for me was many years ago. Had a client; uh, was a surgeon. And we were just kind of shooting the shit before a session, you know, warming up. And uh, he, he made the comment. I can't even remember the context of what, why he made the comment. But the comment he, that he made was, the enemy of good is better. And uh, I was like, well, that's fucking wrong. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, it's not. Right, right. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm like, so what, what are you talking about? And he said, so when you're, when you're learning to suture, right? So you're, you got a room full of type A, like better than everybody else, ultra competitive, and all of us are going to make the best suture ever. And our preceptor will even say, the job of suture is stop bleeding, hold tissue together. But we couldn't hear it. And so <laughs> yeah. what we would do is we would put a suture in and it wasn't good enough. So we start fucking with it because mm -hmm. it had to be perfect. It had yeah. to be the perfect suture. It had to be, you know, exactly parallel. It had to be oh, all of those. I'm not a surgeon, so I wouldn't, yeah. but all of those kinds of things. And by trying to make it better, 
we would invariably make it worse. And the enemy of good is better. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be a very, very compelling reference point in our society of hyper achievement and perfectionism mm -hmm. is that good enough is a thing mm -hmm. that things get to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. That wasn't, wasn't fantastic. It was good enough. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it worked, whatever it was. I got the project done. I accomplished the goal. I, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, okay, that was good enough. Yeah. And that's a, and, and I, I, I think that represents the cognitive dissonance of this yeah. whole thing of yeah. perfect versus, you know, ideal version of me. Yeah. It's like, even when you try to grasp that notion of good enough, it's like, you know, we kind of recoil a little bit. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Good enough. Fucking lazy ass quitter. <laughs> You ain't good at me. It's like, but I think on the other side of that, I think some people are utterly defeated by life mm -hmm. because nothing's ever good enough. Yeah. Yeah. They keep fighting for that perfect suture. Mm -hmm. And in trying to make it perfect, they end up fucking it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they're just completely defeated by a sense of their own incompetence mm -hmm. because within them, nothing ever gets to be good enough right everything has to be perfect and it never is and they're constantly living in their own wake mm -hmm. yeah and some of that is knowing what the ultimate goal was so like at the time good enough like worked and actually good enough was the best to meet that goal right my first job was coming behind the initial engineers that had uh, put together the space shuttle to make the first few launches. So I was in the next wave of engineers. It's like, okay, we got to keep this process going. And you see drawings and, and processes and things that allowed the first launch and you go, wow, this is junk, you know, <laughs> but the goal wasn't to make the best drawing, the best engineering design. The goal was to get something off the ground by a certain date. So when we come along and, and that's the reason I bring this up is because we have to be careful about criticizing the people before us or the decisions that we made in the past that were excellent decisions at the time because it, it, it let, helped Based us. on what they had, yeah. Yeah, and you make the next step, and then you come along and make a better step. So we don't want to criticize ourselves for decisions we made in the past with the information we had and with the goals that we had. All it did was get us where we are today. Now we'll make another decision. Well, and similarly, I mean, as just kind of developing as a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you drive yourself fucking crazy. <laughs> you imagine. come out of a session and you're just like, oh my God, what did I, why the fuck was, what was I thinking when <laughs> I said that? And why did I, oh my gosh, and what? I mean, you're just, you're just, it's almost like you're just, clawing at that suit yeah, just yeah. ripping it apart and then you're just like then you're supposed to go into a next session oh, you're no. right you know <laughs> yeah. it's like uh uh uh, it's almost like then you're like avoiding talking about anything consequential because it's like, uh, the best thing that I can do is not say, you know, and mm -hmm. so you have to get to a place where you can almost exactly what you said, right? Okay. As a therapist right now, I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I ain't great. I'm sure as fuck ain't great. I got a lot of work to do to become a good therapist, but I'm good enough 
to make a difference in my client's life. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that place, whatever the fuck you're doing, it doesn't matter, whatever your trade is, whatever you're focused on, but you're able to accept and see, okay, it was good enough. It was helpful. I I gave them a piece of advice that they could use. I was able, you know, I I may have walked out of there like, oh, fuck, I was so far in whatever that was, but I made some kind of a difference. Mm -hmm. That's when you can really start to, that's that notion of self-efficacy, when you can start to move forward and say, okay, I, I actually did better that time. Yeah. I handled that much better than I have in the past. Or then I can really start to engage in some self-criticism that's useful. Yes. Man, I'm not very good at that. I need to learn how to do that. But when I'm perfect, right, (laughs) I can't even admit that to myself. Yes, you can't admit it. Well, it's not my fault. It's my fucking client's fault. They should have blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they came to me for help. Yeah. And it really becomes this incredibly liberating place where we can freely start to see things as they truly are, and then we can really start to grow in a meaningful way. And that beginning point is rejecting the notion that you're perfect, rejecting the quest of the unicorn that's the best version of yourself, and really embracing the fact that right now I'm good enough I get to see the areas that I'm good enough and I really want to start to improve because I do want to be better. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that's tremendous, Jeff. You certainly came through on that. That's without Percocet. <laughs> yeah, without Percocet. Yeah. So uh, I did want to mention that if anybody wants to dive in deeper, th- this topic or topics like this, there's the Becoming Man-Made course. So they can find out about that at it our website. The, it is absolutely the deep dive. It, yeah. will, it takes all of this and expands it in much more, just much more ways, but just also just in specific areas of life, how this applies to this, how this applies to that. But deep dive is the exact right term. Yeah, okay. So we hope you enjoyed this today. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and uh, check us out on Facebook at Becoming Man Made Today and give us some comments there. We'll respond to those. As always, man. It's a good time. Thank you, buddy. Mm -hmm. Thanks. All right. (laughs) 